Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Alfick. And I'm Connor Thompson. Today we are bringing you May 13th through May 19th in the wonderful year 1996. It's an even number. You know, it's not an even number, May 13th. May 13th, online fishers eluding wider net cast by AOL. Oh jeez. The official looking message materialized on America Online subscriber Michael Naggers. Oh god. That's why I, that's one of the reasons I didn't want to do that week. You son of a bitch. Okay, Niger, K-N-A-I-G-E-R, I'm not a racist, a message materialized on this gentleman's computer screen one afternoon in early April. It sounds so serene so far. Yeah. The message, emblazoned with the official AOL logo of a swooshing circle inside a triangle, said that due to technical difficulties, Niger needed to immediately re-enter his password or lose his account. Yeah, so this is an article written about a phishing scheme. Also, they spelt phishing with an F. Well... Go fish. I mean, nowadays, everyone is so used to it being spelt with the proper PH when, you know, it's being referred to as online crime. Also, the article, it's pretty lighthearted for a while. Mm. Like, it just, it's, uh, it says phishing is like one of the oldest trick in the, in the AOL pranksters book. This is, this isn't exactly a prank. It's fraud or like something illegal well how serious could it have been though like how much of your life was really online by 1996 you weren't doing online banking right yeah for most people it's not a big deal there is still some purchasing online the article did go on to say like some other dude almost got screwed out of like 350 dollars because someone tried to buy knives because you know what else do you buy online in the 90s but yeah that's that okay moving on to may 14th you know what came out on vhs today jumanji oh yeah (laughs) a couple weeks ago we talked about how it came out on dvd like in 97 around this time so this is when it first came out on vhs so awesome movie with our good old pal robin williams oh god today also the uh made for tv doctor who movie aired so this is the somewhat american made production featuring uh one of the only appearances of the eighth doctor the Second appearance being when he regenerated a couple years ago. Don't do it. In completely unrelated news, the third doctor passed away six days later. That's sad. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, he, he did his times. He just regenerated, really. Okay, here's where it gets real. This is probably the worst article I've ever somewhat read, and I can't believe was printed in the New York Times. Personal computers, TV hybrid, ready for prime time? Question mark. I'm reading this right from the article. It's here, Bart. It's our new destination big screen PC. The Pentium computer, that's also a TV, will be processing words, spreadsheeting, databasing, joysticking, coasting on the cobwebs. At the beginning of the article, I said the word Bart. This is some sort of weird Simpsons fan fiction slash computer review. You struggled so much to get that sentence out. It offends me to my core, this <laughs> article. Holy shit. Yeah, so it's about some TV hybrid computer, kind of like a... Computer. Yeah, kind of like a computer, but something you could run your TV through. It was a pretty interesting, neat novel concept at the time, except it was imbued in the beginning with this weird, poorly, poorly written fan fiction. The author doesn't have any idea how to capture the essence of the Simpson characters. Like when he actually gets into the tech review, he just sort of drops the whole Simpson thing and it becomes a decent article. He's talking about how this product basically is clunky and useless. And of course, it in that form never caught on. Of course, 
course, nowadays we've got smart TVs, everyone has computers hooked up to TVs, but 96 was too early for this, and the reviewer knew that. That's enough about that. Moving on to May 15th, Anaheim seals Disney Angels deal. As more than 250 people looked on, City Council sealed a deal Tuesday night that keeps the California Angels in Anaheim for more than 20 years, but under new management by the Walt Disney Corporation. And several changes are in the works. The team will be called the Anaheim Angels, or the Angels of Anaheim starting next season, and stadium seating will be reduced to give it a more intimate flavor akin to old style ballparks. That's fun. Yeah, that is. And I, I like this. Disney owning sports. We're going to talk more about that later. Did you watch Angels of the Outfield as a kid? Yes, very many times. I watched the trailer many times. Wait, it are was... you shitting me? You haven't seen Angels in the Outfield? Oh, I have seen it. Okay. I have seen it, but... I was going to say. The trailer was at the, on my... Well, on Allie's. On the Lion King VHS. Mm. So I watched it so many times. I've only seen Angels in the Outfield maybe once or twice. Tony Danza's finest work. He is the boss. Now, let's move on to May 16th? Yes. All right, so from May 16th to May 18th, the second annual E3 is held in Los Angeles, California. So this is the second year of the Electronics Expo that was E3. I think Entertainment might be the third E. I, it is. Yeah, okay. I remember growing up, hearing all the news coming out of E3 and just dreaming of going to it one day. Someday. Yeah, because it just seemed so cool. Uh, also, this... Day, May 16th, marked the final episode of Murder, She Wrote airing. Uh, I don't know much about this show because I'm not 80. Samesies. One more, one more bit of news for today. PepsiCo signs a $2 billion deal with Lucasfilm. Article states, no, Yoda will not be shown taking swigs from a can of Pepsi and the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but the force will definitely be with PepsiCo, which Wednesday said it had signed on for a $2 billion promotional tie-in with a special edition of the Star Wars movies. So this was, you know, Yoda and Luke and probably the Millennium Falcon and stuff just on cans and bottles of Pepsi and various Pepsi products. I kind of remember this, I think. Oh yeah, I definitely remember it. Yeah, what I remember a lot more vividly is the like episode one and episode two promotions tie-ins with uh, things like Doritos and just, I remember chip bags having... Pod racing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that concludes that bit of wizard news. We need to use the word wizard more. Yeah. All right, yeah. moving on. May 17th, Canadian National Railway's Beechburg subdivision between Pembroke and Nipissing, 126 miles, 203 kilometers of track which traversed Algonquin Provincial Park is officially abandoned not not opened yeah now officially abandoned like did they put up like did they put up a sign with like a banner that says abandoned maybe I can only hope so <laughs> also on this date value jet engines and other parts recovered from Everglades so large pieces of value jet flight 592 including the two jet engines were wrenched out of the Everglades uh, muck on Thursday by a sky crane helicopter as federal investigators continued to search for clues that could reveal the cause of the crash in which 110 people died i have no recollection of this me either i okay. don't remember this at all but like you, you remember twa flight 800 right yes that was all over the news this i saw a couple articles so i guess it was pretty big news at the time but yeah. i guess it faded especially when compared to something huge like twa flight 800 yeah moving on to may 18th tandy acts to raise corporation sales the Tandy Corporation said today that its Computer City unit had signed an agreement with the computer services company Electronic Data Systems. This is a lot of boring words. Holy shit. Yeah, fuck. That is intended to prove, improve sales with corporations, yada, yada, yada. That didn't work. Uh, I don't know exactly when Tandy stopped making computers, but it was shortly after this. Tandy, as the tech-savvy people listening may know, uh, was the parent company of Radio Shack. In 2000, they just became Radio Shack, uh, which has, you know, more or less failed to 
be a thing anymore. In hilarious news that I stumbled upon while researching this, according to Radio Shack's Wikipedia, in December 2015, Radio Shack named Nick Cannon as its chief creative officer in an attempt to appeal to younger generations. Do you think they paid him in stock? I hope not. I just find this hilarious and I also didn't believe it. I had to actually click the little thing to go to the source article. And then from the source article, I still didn't exactly believe it and had to go right to Nick Cannon's Twitter. Nice. Closing of the week, May 19th. Two big things. First one, Mark Garneau flies on a second space mission. Woo! Go Canada. More importantly though, the following article. In God and Karate, these nuns trust. More than prayers are wafting over the walls of St. Anne's Convent these days. There is also the full-throated grunt of physical combat and the thwack of toughened hands smashing brick tiles. This is gold. The Roman Catholic convent in this southern Indian city is training nuns to go out and do God's work with hands of steel. A 45-day karate class was introduced by neophyte sisters a year ago after several nuns were threatened or harassed doing social work in nearby villages. The instructor said he was surprised by how good the nuns were, even in comparison to the soldiers he had trained. How was this not made into a 90s movie? I know, this has every makings of Ugh. a 90s movie. Like, what the hell? This is so cool. Nuns learning karate. Like, it just has everything of, like, Karate Kid and Sister Act just all rolled into one neat little package. 90s nuns? 90s karate? 90s ninja nuns? 90s ninja nuns. The name I think might need to be workshop. We just want to be executive producers. I just, I want to get in on it. Yeah, I, we want in on the ground floor. 90s ninja nuns? We're waiting by the phone. All right, let's move on to movies and music. At the weekend box office, Twister in the number one spot. Oh, Twister. Now, interesting story about Twister. Do we tell the drive-in story? I don't know. Do, do you know the drive-in story? How the drive-in in Font Hill got, oh, hit, by a tornado got hit by a tornado while they were playing while Twister. They were playing Twister. Yeah. Oh, this just came back to me. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That was crazy. Like, I didn't even believe it, but like, it's... No, that was a thing. I know, it actually was a thing. Like, there is evidence out there, I So think? our local drive-in is in Font Hill, like, I don't know. 20-minute like drive. 20-minute drive yeah. out of Niagara Falls. And yeah, hit by a tornado while Twister was playing. Probably this year. You know what number two movie was, though? It was Flipper. God, that game was impossible. Are you thinking Echo the Dolphin? Shit, I am. Classic. Yeah, I don't actually remember this movie at all. You don't remember Flipper? I, I've watched it, but like, it's Ooh. a movie about a dolphin. You know, he, he flips, right? Well, you got it nailed down. Yeah, uh, moving what dolphins do best. Yeah, moving down the list, we have The Craft, Truth About Cats and Dogs, and Heaven's Prisoners rounding out the top five. Man, The Craft is a really cool movie, Ooh. isn't it? The Birdcage at number eight is a bit of a cult classic. I don't know that one. Ooh, all right. Eleven? Are you looking at 11? Yeah. James and the Giant Peach is the last on the list. Classic 90s movie. Different animation style. Super good. Very visually appealing, but great story too. And original. Do you remember original movies? Oh. This was based on a book, but... I miss those. Such a good movie, yeah. Well, I just mean like a, an entirely different premise from concept, anything we'd like, seen. Yeah, that is very true. And it was such a good movie. It was. And that's it for the movies. All right, I let's slide into the Billboard Hot 100. Number one. The Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Do you remember the song? I do. I don't. I listen to it. I recognize it. Okay, this is... We're gonna have... Yeah, this is gonna be a very contentious week. All right, number us. two, we have Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. Number the three, we have song, Because You Loved Me. The greatest Mariah wow. Carey song okay. possibly in existence, Always Be My Baby. I love this song so much, especially for its just usage of the word indefinitely in the chorus. That actually does come up often. Yeah, I'm part of you. 
indefinitely. She makes it work. You love Mariah Carey. I love two Mariah Carey songs. Other than that, I'm, I don't know how I feel. Uh, All right. Celine Dion. At number three, Celine with Because You Loved Me. I like that song. Eh, At four, Nobody Knows by the Tony Rich Project. And at number five, maybe the most contentious song of all time, at least the most contentious Canadian song, Ironic by Alanis Morissette. Isn't it ironic? She did a like a redo of this on mm-hmm. the James Corden show. Really? And mentioned how it was ironic writing a song about irony that has no irony in it. It was good. I, oh, I, I, that song shit. still gets a lot of radio play. It's true. Yeah. Sorry, I was saying oh shit about number six. Tracy Chapman, give me one reason. I'm not, I'm drawing a blank. What? I, I make a point to listen to the top five. I, yeah, we're, uh, We're playing this right now because you need to hear it. All right. You'll, you'll recognize it for sure. Okay. This is a 90s song? Yeah. How about that? Okay, yeah, this is a good song. Moving down the list, what have we got? We've got some R. Kelly with Down Low. Oh shit, Follow You Down by the Gin Blossoms? Maybe one of the most 90s songs from one of the most 90s bands. Definitely a huge 90s band. I love the Gin Blossoms. So good. Sliding down the list, we have Old Man and Me, Hooting the Blowfish, Insensitive by Jan Arden. The only reason, two reasons I mentioned this. First is Jan Arden's Canadian. The second is I know none of her music. I will openly admit to that. However, I used to work at a winery and she played a show there. Oh, yeah. She is one of the funniest people I have ever heard speak. She was telling jokes and like stories between songs. People in the audience were crying laughing. This woman is hilarious. Good stage presence. If you ever have to go see Jan Arden for some reason, it's a pretty good time. That's pretty cool. And I like this hat trick of uh, Canadian uh, Canadian chart, chart toppers, chart charters. They have charted on the chart. Oh, we've got Just a Girl by No Doubt. That's great. We've got a lot of good sort of alt oh, music moving down the This is the when list. the Macarena was on its way up. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I did like that song at the time because it was, you know, 1996's Gundam style. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably a good note to end it on. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to draw the line. Yeah, so what are we moving on to next? I think we're probably talking about Seinfeld next. Sounds like a plan. Pretty good episode of Simpsons, but we really need to focus on Seinfeld this week because it is the season finale of season seven. Oh, hold on. At this point, if my shit is together, you will hear some music. Wasn't that great music? You're welcome. I don't actually know what we're putting in there. Probably the Seinfeld bass. All right. So this is the season finale of season seven, episode 24, The Invitations. Fuck, this is funny. Yeah. I'll just go through a brief little plot summary. George is at his wit's end. His wedding day is approaching and he just knows he'll be unhappy for the rest of his life (laughs) if he goes ahead with it. He tries smoking in front of Susan, but that doesn't work. Kramer suggests that he insults her by asking her for a prenup. But that doesn't work either because, you know, Susan makes more money than him. This episode is so good. The way they kill her is so stupid. Fucking invitation. She's so they kill off the character of Susan from what I read because she was difficult to work with and had no rapport with Jason Alexander, which is hilarious because that works so well because George and Susan have no rapport yet. They're together and getting married. Their whole relationship made no sense. Miserable. Like maybe that's what made this season so good. Just George and his misery. I think that's what made Seinfeld was so good was all the characters and their various miseries. Yeah, and there was there was controversy after this episode. People were so offended by how George took the news. <laughs> he took just it the, so well. Oh, okay. And then just like the rest of them like, um, 
Sorry? Don't they end up going out for, like, coffee I after? think they do. I think that's yeah. how it ends. They just yeah. go out for coffee. <laughs> like, nothing had changed. Yeah, it's just like, oh, that's, that's unfortunate. For those of you who haven't seen it, they killed off George's fiance by having her die from poisoning while licking the envelopes for their wedding invitations. Because George bought the cheapest ones he could find. Very dark. Yeah, it is so dark humor, and it's but it just worked so well. It helped really cement the Seinfeld for as pieces of bags. Yeah. yeah, in a time when generally the people you're watching on TV shouldn't be pieces of shit. They're the people you relate to. Nowadays, that's a foreign concept because everyone's a piece of shit. I think that's about it for that. Yeah, it was a wonderful episode of Seinfeld. Terrible way to go in real life, but oh my god, on a sitcom like this, it just worked. All right, moving on to our next. 90s spotlight. So as we mentioned, uh, we talked about Disney in the news. This segment is going to focus on Disney and their unusual relationship with sports. Yeah, this decade, uh, that was a thing. A big thing. Mm -hmm. So Disney formed Disney Sport Enterprises, Inc. in 1986, and the first big move came when they bought an NHL expansion franchise out in Anaheim in 92. The team was named after the hit Disney movie, Mighty Ducks, oh, yeah. which was pretty much the coolest thing that had ever happened in human history it until that point, as far as I was concerned. Mm -hmm. Even the cartoon about this hockey team was excellent. Going back watching it, I don't know if that would actually be the case, but I loved it. I had the McDonald's toy. Oh, where, where I did on too. The puck. Yeah. yeah. It was so cool. And the Mighty Ducks were apparently just the beginning. Oh, yeah. So when the franchise was purchased, the NHL was not excited that they had a team owned by Disney. So Unlike us. Yeah. So Disney, who owned 80% of a little outfit called ESPN, gave the league its best TV deal ever by throwing them $600 million over five years, which seems shady as fuck, right? Probably, but... Doesn't matter. Yeah. The Mighty Ducks were so goddamn cool. Those jerseys are iconic. They were I... even brought back as like an alternative third jersey. Wait, they have been? Yeah. Oh, okay, that redeems it a bit. I don't really follow hockey too well, but a few years ago when I learned that they had just become the Ducks, I was devastated. It was a sad time for everyone. They're not mighty anymore. It's true. They're just the regular Ducks. <laughs> With their corkscrew dicks. So a couple years later in 95, the company purchased 25% of baseball's California Angels, plus an option to buy the rest of the team, and then, as we discussed, changed the name accordingly by the following year. So those teams were actually used as an extra draw to pull families into vacationing at Walt Disney Land, also in California. Are you sensing a theme? Not to be outdone. Walt Disney World in Orlando got into the action by building Disney's Wide World of Sports Complex in 1997. Fun fact, the whole multi-stadium complex was built right on top of wetlands. Yeah. Isn't that most of Disney World though? Y yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, like didn't like they just bought the cheapest land they could find in Florida and were That's like, true. this'll do. This was before people cared about the environment. Yeah. So they run all sorts of events there and even served as the home of the Atlanta Braves and Harlem Globetrotters at one point. What? Yeah. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end. And after losing an average $16 million per year on the Angels and, and a bunch of cash on the Ducks, both were put up for sale in 1999. Our last little fun fact, uh, Disney hired the Lehman Brothers to oversee the sale of the teams, who of course went on to implode during the U.S. housing crisis of 2008. Good choice, Disney. Um, I was saying to Connor before we were filming, I guess they had to pick one big firm to do the sale and they're all, they're all shitty, right? That's like, true. 
is there really that much difference between fucking Lehman Brothers and Merrill Lynch or like Deutsche Bank or something? Probably not. Other than Deutsche Bank just sounds goofy. Puns. Yeah. So the moral of the story here uh, is that Disney loved sports, uh, but sports didn't seem to love Disney. Which is such a shame because I am not big into sports, but The Mighty Ducks is such an amazing movie. As we were saying earlier, Angels in the Outfield is so good. Disney sports movies work, you know, even in High School Musical. I care about the basketball going on, you know, go <laughs> go watch wildcats or whatever <laughs> all right moving on to our sponsorship segment uh every week on the show we like to pretend that we have a sponsor which we don't who you know pays us to be a part of the show which Although... they don't more on that later this week's episode is brought to you by blowing into the cartridge that was a struggle like the struggle to play a video game back in the 90s you were not supposed to blow into the cartridge I often did. That evidently was a warning label that that I didn't know about at the time. It doesn't matter, because you did what worked, and blowing into the cartridge worked. Yep, it was effective. You had a game that wouldn't play or would come up all fucky on the screen. You'd eject that cartridge, and then sometimes it would work. Magic. If it didn't, you try again until it did, or you passed out. There's no scientific explanation. No one knows how it's worked. Well, I'm a little lightheaded. That was a thing too. Yeah, exactly. Although that was a part of the part of the game. Yep, and it was just it was just really effective. I remember doing this on Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Game Boy. It was super cool. And by super cool, I mean it's something I'm really glad I don't have to do. Yeah, it was nowadays. very frustrating. Yeah, and you know what? Even just cartridge media in general, I prefer them so much over discs. Discs don't. You can't hold discs as well. It you doesn't have to hold feel them between right. your like thumb and forefinger. It's not exciting. As you carefully put it in. If you throw a disc across the room, it's probably going to be ruined. A cartridge. You just have to blow into it until it works. It's and fine. that was so cool. Yeah, so blowing into the cartridges, we would like to give you a huge shout out for just being awesome and, you know, expanding our lung capacities. And not existing anymore. Yeah. Moving on to shout outs. Uh, this was a surprise. This a yeah, happy surprise. Told me about yeah, you sent me a message after it happened. I'm like, what? I had to digest it for like half an hour before I even said anything. So I got an email that I thought was a scam on our podcast email saying that someone, a listener of the show named Elliot, had sent us $20. I had a couple questions. First off, who is Elliot? Secondly, how can you fake an at PayPal email? Thirdly, why would he give us $20? Most of these questions remain unanswered. However... It did happen. Yeah, and we would really like to thank you for that because that was really unexpected. And I guess even though Blowing Into the Cartridge is our sponsor of this week, I guess you... Co-sponsor. Yeah, you're the co-sponsor. So huge shout out to you for just dropping us some money. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, you're an awesome dude. So thank you for that. Wow. I I plan on picking up something to hold on to the mic. Uh, so it doesn't like bounce around if we're walking around the room while we're doing the show. So that's probably what that's going to go toward. A little, little mic stand. Yeah, so we are going to try to improve the sound quality of this podcast. Uh, before we go, we would like to, I don't know, plug our Facebook and stuff. Yeah, so uh, you can find us on Facebook at Stuck in the 90s. We were doing giveaways until recently. Most of you who won stuff haven't got back to me yet. So you should probably do that if you want a pack of cards. Otherwise, though, we have Instagram at Stuck in the 90s podcast. We're on Twitter at SIT90s. That's the number 90 and not the spelled out. Stuck in the 90s. Oh, obviously, you can hit us up at our email, stuckinthe90spodcast at gmail.com. We're talking about introducing a mailbag segment. So if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, any questions you have, whatever. Yeah, let us know if, if, if a mailbag is a good idea, because that's just Even such a that. ni- that's just such a 90s thing. Yeah, the mailbag. A, ma- a mailbag. Do you think we can find an actual mailbag? 
Oh, do you remember the mailbag from Home Improvement where it was spelled M-A-L-E? Oh my god. We're not doing that. Alright, let us know if mailbag seems like a good idea and, you know, just send us some stuff you might want us to read on the air. Oh, and if you want to support the show, don't get me wrong. Cash is flipping sweet. But if you want to support the show, the best way you can do that is by telling your friends about us, you know, sharing the episode post. If you want to drop us a review on iTunes, that would be super cool. Five stars are bust though. Don't don't cheap out on us. No one star reviews for us. And last thing we got to do is, of course, find out what we're going to do next week. Uh, next week will be, of course, May 20th through, I want to say 26th. Is that right? That sounds correct. All right. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I'm going to give this a little spin. Here we go. Uh, we did 97 literally two weeks ago, so 93? We good with 93? Looks like 93 is the year. Okay, cool. We will be back next week for May 20th through 26th, 1993. Until then, keep it real, and the, the podcast, podcast is, is now, now over. over.